Hi, I'm Dallas Rogers, and you're listening to the Conversation Speaking With podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or through TuneIn Radio. That's my wife, Jacqueline Nelson, in the middle of a midwife appointment in our home. Well, well down just yet, but it is, you know, I'm Jacqueline Nelson. I'm a sociologist at the University of Technology, Sydney. And at the moment, I am just over 37 weeks pregnant. Yeah, so I guess the beginning of the story was when it came to deciding what type of pregnancy care I would have. My GP, who was really great, talked me through a few different options, one of which was shared care with your GP, the other one which was through a private obstetrician. The kind of care I elected to have for my pregnancy was um, a caseload midwife program, which is run through the hospital, but involves you being allocated a midwife at the beginning of your pregnancy, who... You have all your appointments with many of which my midwife came to my house um so we had our appointments at home that'll sound fine yeah perfect you can hop up so a baby that has a heart rate that goes faster when it moves is a very happy baby that's what we look for i liked the idea of developing a relationship with a midwife who would then be there for the actual labor and and birth so you know there was someone you knew there to assist you at that time and they continue to see you afterwards in your home to kind of see how you're going in the early days with your baby that's good that was perfect the baby couldn't have done that better so i'm going to send you off what is happening today around childbirth is this emerging understanding that you know we know for example if you have a midwife you know provide your care through pregnancy come in for your birth and provide your postnatal care. You know, according to uh, the latest systematic review of over 17,000 women in randomised controlled trials, you have 24% less chance of your baby being born preterm. You have um, 9% less chance of your baby dying. You have less intervention, you're more satisfied and it costs less. My name is Hannah Darlin. I'm Professor of Midwifery at Western Sydney University in the School of Nursing and Midwifery. So um, I'm, I'm a midwife. I often call myself a uh, practicing midwife first and an academic second because I still practice and I still catch babies. So um, for me, my passion is, is midwifery. It's, it's women's health. It's beginning families off, you know, in the optimal way. So that's my real passion. So one of the first things you're asked to consider when you find out you're pregnant is what kind of antenatal care you want. I feel like I was lucky because my mum's always talked about childbirth as a beautiful, natural process. So that's a social paradigm, which is saying that when we form relationships with women and make them feel safe and supported and strong and powerful, their bodies get on with it and birth beautifully. The medical paradigm is we've got to look for a problem. We're always looking for a problem to fix. Birth is dangerous, birth is hazardous, women's bodies are, you know, they're dysfunctional. We need to kind of 
have the expert in order to ensure the outcome. So these two paradigms today are in a, in a giant clash, which sometimes comes out in the media as midwives and obstetricians against each other. But I would actually like to say, majority of obstetricians are very much on side with this idea of a social paradigm and approach to birth. The political pointy end in the media doesn't actually represent the majority of the professional standing on it. The 17th century philosopher René Descartes famously set out to find where the mind touches the body. Yes, Dallas has been rabbiting on about the mind-body problem for ages. But I've been thinking about it in relation to childbirth. There's no split. The mind is the body. Well, well, the mind drives the physiology. The mind drives the body. And one of the greatest enemies of birth is fear. And so when people ask me, can you say in a nutshell what you do as a midwife? And I say, I keep fear out of the birth room. That's my job. I'm the, the guardian at the door stopping the fear. Because if women are frightened during birth, if women are pulled out of that primitive zone that you need to be in as a woman giving birth, then the physiology doesn't unfold as well. So the mind is enormously powerful. Unfortunately, we, I, I kind of look at, I, I don't know if you know Thomas Kuhn's work, but he was one of the original uh, writers around the philosophies underpinning science. And he wrote a fantastic book called Scientific Revolutions. And he said that there's the normal science of today and the normal science of today is very much a medicalized model around birth which is that you know the body's made up of all different parts and if something goes wrong with one part we fix that part so that's the current medical model but what is coming on at the moment is a new science and the new science is battling with the old science and this is what Thomas Kuhn talks about the sort of a clashing of paradigms and the new science is saying actually no no we are all one giant um, holistic being and the mind is absolutely fundamental in in influencing what happens with the body and you can't just treat part of the body. That's the sound of the blood flowing from my placenta down through the umbilical cord into our baby. It's supplying the fetus with oxygenated and nutrient-rich blood and the little fetal heart is also pumping blood back through the umbilical cord into my placenta. It's a pretty amazing system. So yes, we've got all these hormones that are flowing between the mother and the baby that are finely tuned. You put an epidural in, you disturb that fine tuning. You put oxytocin, which is synthetic oxytocin up. Um, you actually have that, those, that synthetic oxytocin, we call it exogenous, attaching to endogenous receptors, totally different response from it. You then block your endogenous oxytocin. You change the whole flow of labor. So you have a baby born uh, by cesarean section. They come out with very low cortisol. They come out with low catecholamines. The high cortisol and catecholamines are the things that make the mother and baby wired together. They make the baby want to smell the mother. They make the mother and the baby connect. They make breastfeeding happening. So all the time when we interfere, we are mucking with finely tuned hormonal processes that are profound. One of the most common questions you hear as an expecting mother is, you must be scared about giving birth. The language we use to talk about childbirth seems to be very important. So, I, I, you know, I think you absolutely, you know, hit the nail on the head. Language is powerful. Language is an intervention. Language is sharper than a scalpel. So if we think that we using words is not having an effect, we are completely wrong. Uh, so 
absolutely we need to be watching how we speak so you know when you're feeling a woman's belly if you say oh my god you're growing a monster well what does the woman think she thinks I've got to give birth to a monster so you might see the babies you know a little bit on the big side you say this is a beautiful healthy baby look how incredible you your diet must be that you are growing this strong baby you know most women's bodies are perfectly designed to match their babies um, so the language that you use can take a woman into oh my god give me a cesarean section I don't want to do that oh hey look at me my body's growing this incredible baby so language is is absolutely critical and unfortunately when we professionalize maternity care and we develop the professions of obstetrics and while the profession of midwifery is one of the oldest in the world and they think is actually second to prostitution in age it became much more medicalized in its education and unfortunately in that development of an expert profession we develop language which gives us power over people and we have to come back away from that and we have to be very aware that every word we use is an intervention so I'm so conscious now that every word I'm using is the same as if I was giving someone an antibiotic or if I was doing stitching or if I was doing cutting and if we can get to that and that comes with this paradigm of understanding the brain is the most powerful organ involved in, in childbirth and frankly in life. We've recently been to birth classes and that made me reflect on the predominance of negative birth stories and how unusual it is to hear positive birth stories. Yeah. And, you know, I've been a midwife for 25 years and I've I've caught thousands of babies and for 20 of those years I worked in hospitals and the last five years I've been out doing mostly home births and I just don't see pain. I see women in labour and there's a very big difference. They, I see women moving with their labour, I see them making noises, but I don't see them distressed. Because what they have is a feeling of being safe and and a feeling of being surrounded and they're using things like water and mobility, so they're not in pain. What I often see in hospital is when women are put on their backs, when, you know, they, they end up with people coming in and out of rooms, so they're starting to feel threatened and unsafe. You see, often do see women in pain and therefore you end up with a lot more um, intervention happening. We've just, I've just had a PhD student who's finished a randomised trial of a parenting education program that ran for two days. We randomised women to having it or just standard antenatal classes. And this program dealt with things like your body's amazing, you need to be calm, you need the lights dimmed, you need to mobilise, you know, open your pelvis, the the mind-body stuff. It, It worked really on understanding how the physiology works. And... We randomised those women and we found it reduced caesarean section, it reduced epidural use, women were really, really satisfied, it reduced a whole bunch of cascade of interventions. So if we can get women to see pain not as their enemy but as their body working to do this amazing thing and pain in childbirth is the only pain that we have on earth that is actually physiological pain, it's normal healthy pain, And if we can change that paradigm to not be something that needs to be cured and taken away but worked with, so we talk about the working with pain paradigm as opposed to the, you know, the rescue solving pain paradigm, then we know now through a randomised trial, through level two evidence, that we can dramatically reduce intervention and women are more satisfied. So it isn't just about taking pain away. It's about the support, the love, the comfort and the power that a woman feels and also not feeling violated or having trust betrayed. They're crucial to how later on she'll look back at pain. I've also been thinking about the relationship between time and labour 
And from what I've heard, birthing is a process rather than something that necessarily follows clock time. It absolutely suited the industrialised paradigm of hospitals, which are about efficiency and moving people through, about ticking boxes and keeping women on lines. So we've got, again, demonstrated in that that whole issue of time and timelessness, we've got the clashing of paradigms. Um, One of the worst things you can have in a delivery room, and and they're in front and centre in most, is a clock. Because the women start to look at the time. But if you actually have a woman in in labour who has no clock around her and is well supported... She can feel like an hour is a minute and a minute is an hour because the body is flooded with endorphins which take you away from that modern thinking brain into that primitive zone of absolute timelessness. So I agree. Time has been one of the worst enemies of birth. It has stopped us understanding what's happening and it has made us intervene when we shouldn't. So it's been a pretty amazing journey so far. But as a sociologist... One question that's emerged for me is what's the right balance between the medical model and the midwifery model of childbirth? The irony is that every piece of scientific knowledge that we have generated in the last decade or even two decades around childbirth has all come back to saying that all these technologies we have like continuous fetal monitoring, worthless, useless, don't put them on low-risk women, all you do is increase the cesarean section. All the scientific knowledge that keeps mounting and mounting and now the epigenetic knowledge, now the microbiome knowledge is telling us leaving alone and supporting physiology is actually the smartest way not only for the health at the moment but for the health of the long term. So scientific knowledge is actually well and truly on the side. It's not about science, it's about politics. At the end of the day, this is about people's agendas. It's about maintaining an expert. It's about making money. And, you know, obstetrics, I have my best friends are obstetricians. So this isn't anti-obstetrics, but obstetricians train for six years to be surgeons. And they need to be relevant. And you're relevant if you can use your craft. So the more we complicate pregnancy and birth, the more we get provide a valid reason for this profession to make an awful lot of money and exist. So it's naturally threatening when the knowledge says, actually, we need less of you. We need more of these midwives, but we need you when there are problems and we need you only then. That is politically a problem. So science supports it. Politics is a whole nother issue. And at the end of the day, what we're talking about is power and we're talking about money. Thank you for listening to this Speaking With podcast. Just a reminder, you can subscribe to this podcast series on iTunes or through TuneIn Radio. And if you like this podcast or have ideas or suggestions for the Speaking With series, please leave us a review or comment through iTunes. I'm Dallas Rogers. See you next time.